This episode of the Children's Literature Podcast is brought to you by Saturday Morning Cartoons. I miss Saturday Morning Cartoons. They were so much more special when you couldn't just stream them whenever you wanted. Welcome to the Children's Literature Podcast. I'm your host, TQ Townsend. This episode is about the fox and the crow. It's been a while since I've done an Aesop's Fable, so today let's take a look at The Fox and the Crow, a story that has a surprising number of descendants over the centuries. Before I get started, I wanted to tell you about a nonfiction book that I just finished reading that I think you'll love. It's called Muppets in Moscow by Natasha Lance Rogoff, and it tells the absolutely wild story of how Rogoff led the team that brought Sesame Street to Russian television in the 1990s after the fall of the Soviet Union. This story is crazy and a lot of fun. Rogoff is a fantastic storyteller. She keeps the action in the present tense as she meets gangsters, billionaires, and the rare Russian who actually wants to make a show with Sesame Street's high production quality and positive morals for children growing up in a new post-Soviet world. This is a book for you grown-ups, as it'll be too complicated for kids, although I think a few savvy teenagers might appreciate it. I really appreciated it because I'm old enough to remember the fall of the Soviet Union, but at the time I was too young to understand how complicated the transition from communism to attempted capitalism to oligarchy was. So while I would have enjoyed the book purely for the hilarious roller coaster ride that the author goes on, I was also fascinated by the history lesson. There were so many challenges and successes of trying to translate such an American show into something that works for Russians. So if you've been looking for a new book to read that's a lot of fun and really thought-provoking, let me warmly recommend Muppets in Moscow by Natasha Lance Rogoff. The Fox and the Crow was included in the first Latin collection of Aesop's fables by the Roman poet Phaedrus with the title Vulpis et Corvus. It's hard to know exactly how old it is, but we can say for sure that 2,000 years ago the Romans were talking about how it was an old story and had to be translated from ancient Greek. You may sometimes see this story translated as the fox and the raven. Today we have separate names for individual species. But in ancient times, there was no understanding of genetics or even a really methodical way of classifying animals. So several closely related species of bird all had the Latin name Corvus. As with all of Aesop's fables, we'll never know if Aesop actually wrote the story or if Aesop was even a real person. And like the rest of the fables, the fox and the crow makes an insightful point about human nature in a short tale that uses animals as stand-ins for basic character traits. Here's the oldest known version of the story, which I've put into English from the Latin version written by Phaedrus. Those who take delight in flattering words of praise will find themselves punished with shame and regret. Once a crow snatched a piece of cheese from a windowsill. It happily flew up to sit at the top of a tall tree, ready to enjoy its treat. A fox looked up and craved this tasty morsel. The fox called upward, saying, Oh, crow, 
Your feathers are so shiny. You're so shapely, and your face is so lovely. If your voice were as wonderful as the rest of you, there would be no winged creature that could compare. Puffed with pride, the crow opened its beak to sing. But as it did, the cheese fell down, and the cunning fox snatched it quickly in its jaws. The crow could do nothing but groan in regret, bewildered by its own foolishness. This is a great fable for children who are just getting to an age where they need to be a little bit more savvy about social interactions. The older they get, the more likely they are to run into school drama or, or possibly unscrupulous strangers. It can be pretty shocking for kids to deal with ideas like flattery, manipulation, and deceit for the first time. Unfortunately, we all have to learn how to defend ourselves against our own egos and the people who would use them against us. Whether it's a sleazy car salesman, a con man, or a friend who turns out not to really be a friend, we all need to watch out for those who would butter us up in order to get something out of us. The choice of animals in the fable is interesting. Foxes have always been used to represent people who are cunning. The fox shows up many times in Aesop's fables, usually to represent those who use trickery and manipulation to get what they want. But crows or ravens are usually used to tell stories about intelligent people. In The Crow and the Pitcher, which I talked about way back in episode 34, a crow cleverly figures out how to get a drink of water by dropping pebbles into a jug, pushing the water inside upward until it can be reached. In The Eagle and the Crow, an eagle is unable to eat a tortoise until a crow comes along and advises the larger bird to carry the tortoise high up and then drop it on sharp rocks, which will then break the shell. So the issue here is not that the crow is stupid. The warning given to readers in The Fox and the Crow is that even intelligent people can be tripped up by their own vanity. This message is timeless, and it's been retold over and over throughout history. In the Middle Ages, this fable was retold in France as Chanticleer and the Fox. Chanticleer was a nickname for a rooster, as chant means to sing or call out, and clair means clear. So the name means one who calls out with a clear voice, an appropriate epithet for a rooster. His foe is Renard the Fox. Renard is the French version of an old Germanic name that means one who gives excellent advice. These stories were so popular that they actually changed the French language. The old French word for fox, goupil, came to be replaced with Renard because of these tales. Here's the medieval version of the story, which puts a bit of a twist on the ancient Greek original. Renard the fox came to a farmhouse with many chickens. It had a good strong fence, and Renard could see that he could not get in. He sat outside, wondering if he would ever get to sink his teeth into one of the lovely fat birds inside. He was able to wander into the cabbage patch, though, where he found an old pail. Renard curled up inside the pail so that he could have a little nap while he waited to see if his luck might change. Later, the hens were let out of their pen, but when they went into the cabbage patch, they flew away in fear as soon as they saw the fox. Chanticleer saw the hens trembling in terror. He turned to Pinta, 
the best egg-layer among them, and asked what all the fuss was about. "'We are afraid of a savage beast,' she cried. "'I saw him myself, with his wicked breath making the cabbage leaves tremble.' "'Calm down, silly,' said Chanticleer. "'Our fences are strong, and the farmhands keep a sharp eye out.' But still, the rooster was wary, and he kept looking around in search of danger. Even when he fell asleep, he was uneasy, and that night he had a terrible nightmare about a red monster with a collar of bones around its neck that leaped upon his back. Chanticleer jolted awake, crying out, "'Saints, preserve me!' He turned to Pinta, who was asleep nearby, and told her of his dream. She nodded and said, "'The red fur is that of the fox. The bones about his neck are his sharp teeth, which would love to bite into your own neck. If you are not careful, the fox will bite your neck before noon.'" But Chanticleer had quite woken up from his dream by now, and he shook off the hen's advice, saying, "'Nonsense! No harm ever came from a dream!' Soon enough, though, Renard came along and sprang for the rooster. Chanticleer heard him and managed to flutter up to the top of the barn. But then Renard spoke in a sweet voice, calling out, Chanticleer, don't fly away from me. I am your cousin. But Chanticleer was not fooled, and he sat on the rooftop and sang loudly. Renard did not give up, though, and sighed. Oh, this song reminds me of your good old father, Chanticleer. Don't you remember how he would sit down here in the barnyard and sing all day? Stirred with nostalgia and comforted by this flattery, Chanticleer came down closer, but not too close. He continued to sing, but kept a sharp eye on the sharp-toothed fox. Oh, your good father Chanticleer could crow better than any rooster. Remember how he would shut both eyes and crow so clearly that you could hear him a league away? said Renard. Chanticleer stopped singing and stared at the fox. Renard, you are only trying to trick me. Of course not, said Renard with a smile. I only wish to hear you sing. You're an animal. I'm an animal. That makes us cousins. I would sooner lose a foot than hurt you. Chanticleer said that he would sing but not until Renard stood farther off. As you wish, the fox said. Only please don't stop singing. Sing as your father sang, with both eyes shut and his neck stretched out so that all could hear his lovely, clear voice. Chanticleer was at last persuaded. He shut his eyes and stretched out his neck, singing in beautiful, pure tones that soared through the morning air. At once, Renard leaped forward and clamped his sharp teeth around the rooster's neck. Pinta saw it all happen and cried out, "'Oh, Lord Chanticleer, I told you the truth, but you thought I was a fool. Your pride has been your downfall. Now Renard is carrying you away. Oh, how I wish I were dead rather than see you lost!' The hen's ruckus roused the people of the farm, who ran after the fox, bringing their big strong mastiff with them. They shouted after Renard, taunting him with terrible names. 
Chanticleer managed to gasp out a few words, saying, Do you hear how rude they are to you, Renard? Why don't you tell them that you'll carry me off, no matter what they say about you? Even the wisest among us can sometimes be a fool. Renard was tricked and opened his mouth to jeer at the men chasing him. Whatever you do, I will carry the rooster away. But as soon as the fox's jaws opened, Chanticleer flapped his wings as hard as he could, flying up to safety in the branches of an apple tree. You're not so clever now, are you, Renard? he called out. The fox trembled with rage and regret, muttering, Curse the mouth that speaks when it should remain silent. Be off, cousin, Chanticleer called out, or you'll regret it. Hearing the barking of the dog and the shouts of the farmhands coming closer, Renard could do nothing but run away, full of sorrow over the rooster's escape. This story was retold many, many times through the Middle Ages, most famously as the nun's priest's tale in the Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. Some versions are funny and others are serious, but all of them are focused on how pride and vanity can get the better of anyone, even the most clever among us. This story even has a modern descendant that we're all familiar with. The gingerbread man tells the story of an arrogant little cookie who comes to life and is able to run away from anybody who chases him, except the fox. The first printed version of this story was found in 1875 in St. Nicholas Magazine, a popular American periodical for children. There are also other early versions of the tale that involve a wolf rather than a fox, but these eventually fused together into the story that's commonly known today. After the gingerbread man is successfully able to run away from a man, a woman, a cow, or whatever characters you want to have in the story, the fox is able to persuade the gingerbread man to come closer. He pretends to be hard of hearing or wishes to admire the cookie's appearance and talents, or he offers to assist it in its escape. Then when the gingerbread man has lowered its guard, the fox gobbles it up. This story is a direct descendant of the fox and the crow and reminds us not to fall prey to the flattering words of deceivers. The fox and the crow is thousands of years old, but it can still teach children important lessons today. You could begin a conversation about online safety or talk about how to recognize a dangerous stranger with the telling of the fox and the crow. At all points in history, Aesop's fables like this one have helped all of us learn how to live happier, healthier, and safer lives. You've been listening to the Children's Literature Podcast. Please subscribe and give the show a rating. Send comments to letters at childrensliteraturepodcast.com. I'm your host, TQ Townsend. Thanks for listening.